You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, uh, well, you know, the things that we talked about after the game, I'm not going to go into it. I've already covered that. I'm, uh, again, on to, on to Denver here. So we're, we're uh, trying to get ourselves right for that. And uh, they got a good football team. So we're, we got to make sure we're right Right for Denver. All right, fellas. Um, I I got to be honest with you. I am surprised that we are rolling in uh, talking about an L. Partly got to be probably some of your fault, Steve, since you just skipped last week. Um, I don't. I personally, this is just me, right? Like I don't know. One man's opinion is one man's opinion. <laughs> I personally think that you were well enough to perform. <laughs> um. I didn't but, skip. I but, was out sick. Like but, I am allowed to be sometimes. I'm still sick right now, by the way. COVID took me out last week. You know what happened this week? Positive for the flu. I got COVID and the flu in back-to-back weeks, and I'm fighting through it right now because I didn't want to miss two weeks in a row. Listen, I, didn't Ron, I think he was in Mexico. I think he planned a vacation, forgot that the football season was going to be taking place, and went to Mexico. I'm, I'm just saying and, now he's coming back with the flu from Mexico. I think that's what this is. BK, I could be wrong. I'm just saying one's opinion. I believe he could have given it a go. Um, they have Wi-Fi a, in Mexico. Last I, I checked. Read, I read a story of my son, Ronnie Lott, chopped off the tip of his pinky finger and kept on playing. Um, I, you know, I think you could have fought uh, through. I mean, I'm not going to say anything to myself. I did an entire national radio show for three days in a row with COVID uh, in my in my house, and I fought through it. And I think Brandon was even a guest on that show. But whatever, I think I'm just saying. Listen, I wasn't there. I just I'm wow. just saying by knowing you, Steve, I believe you were well enough to fight through, but you just decided not to, and that's all right. I uh, I needed. I'm glad we're all night. back. I needed a night off because I'm still working through all of this. I just haven't been hosting as much stuff on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network because as you can probably hear in my voice, I I got this whole respiratory thing going on because of the COVID and the flu now, and I'm fighting through it. So Tequila does that to your throat. Yeah, it does. (laughs) As I'm checking some of the message sent in by our listeners and our fans, uh, one sent in and said, Steve, it feels like you're making your voice sound that way. <laughs> there's no, there's no live messaging. Sure, there is. This. sure there if is. you see the video clips that I'm going to share tomorrow, that's right. Somebody still it's... look sickly. Like this is how I've dressed for two weeks. I in tend a row to agree with this because listener I am that sick. you've done this. I tend to agree with this listener that you're doing this. It's like this two weeks you know, in a row. Well, thankfully, 
DraftKings knows that I'm gutting it out. And the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is the place to go when betting on NFL this holiday season. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code 5QUESTIONS. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code 5QUESTIONS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Yeah. Uh, glad that you're uh, you're gutting it out. Glad That's that you're I ran out of breath on that read. I know you did. Like bad. This is sad. This is sad. I'm not even gonna get upset with it. But um, but good to have you back. Uh, whether you uh, set out this week or not, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, man. I this this one, this one, I, I feel as obviously the number one podcast in all of uh, in all of Chiefs Kingdom. I feel like it's us to 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 kind of help out the fans. And some of you out there don't really know how you should act. And I think you feel like you have to put on a front because you've been um, the best organization rolling here the last few years. And you've been the number one team in the NFL. You have been the standard bearer of the NFL and what teams look to try to get to for the last three, four years. And most fans have been able to turn the corner to, to start acting like a fan like that, right? Some of those Missouri fans kind of getting the understanding of what it's like to be a Kansas fan as you've been a Chiefs fan to understand you are you are everybody's big game. You're the standard, Barrett. You're the gold standard that everybody's trying to reach. Now, with that being the case, it's okay for you to be concerned. It's okay for you to be downright scared and nervous about your team. Yes, you have Patrick Mahomes, the number one player that any team would love to have and wants to have the top pick of anybody. But you got a problem. And at some point, like you can't just say, oh, well, yeah, I mean, well, there's one game, one game here. No, or Pat will get, we got Mahomes. Yeah, you got Mahomes, but you also got a problem. Fellas. In the last year and a half, the Kansas City Chiefs have played six games against what I would would perceive as the two other teams in the AFC that are in their level or on their playing field. They've played three games against the Buffalo Bills. They've played three games against the Cincinnati Bengals. Since week five last year, Six games against those teams. They're one and five. We got to start being that's six damn games, man. They, they know they're one and five against the two other teams that are the powers in the AFC. One, the team that everybody believes was the Super Bowl favorite and is potentially the Super Bowl favorite before the season started, the Buffalo Bills. And two, the reigning defending. AFC champions who want, who came in your building and took it from you and took your draws off and left you for dead and went to the Super Bowl last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. They're one in five. And, folks, if we're, got, if we're honest, the one was a damn miracle where your head coach is saying afterwards, when it gets grim, find the grim reaper. You're one of 13 seconds. Something is happening. Neither We talked about this last week in your absence, Steve. Neither one of those teams are scared of the Chiefs. 
neither one of those teams are walking into the walking into games against the Chiefs with I hope that we win. I wish we win. No, they're not. They in there like, oh, I know we gonna win. We can win. We gonna win because we have won more times than they've beaten us. And it don't matter where they play. The Bengals have beaten you in their place. The Bengals have beaten you in your place in the most important game. The Buffalo Bills have beaten you in your place twice. They don't care. And at some point, man, you have been, as I said, the standard bearer of the NFL and the FC. But right now, if you're a Chiefs fan, you ain't got to come out there and fake all that high confidence. You ain't got to fake all that. Like, no, nah, man, you're one and five against those other teams. All right, and I'm not talking about the Chargers who you dominated. I'm not talking about the sorry-ass Broncos who they're playing Sunday. I'm not talking about the Raiders who, 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 who get in a fetal position anytime it gets close against, the, against them. I'm not talking about the Ravens who can't solve you. I'm talking about those two teams. The Chiefs, BK, they may have to beat both of them jokers to get there. And right now, you can't have a lot of confidence that they can beat either one of them. Because once again, they played them six times since week five last year. And they are one in five. And the one was a miracle. I'm concerned. You ought to be concerned. You're okay. I think you can even take it a step further, Ron. Because if you well, include, I don't like it when you do this, you if you step further, if you include the Titans and the Ravens into this conversation, they have two wins. They're two and seven over the last two years against those teams. The only two victories came in overtime. They were against the Titans earlier this year when the Titans couldn't complete a forward pass, and it was against the Bills last year, where in the last thirteen seconds, like you said, you had a miracle take place on the football field. It's the only times you've beat these other legitimate threats in the AFC over the last two seasons. At some point, we got to see it, man. I've said all along that I think the Chiefs are not only the best team in the AFC, but I think they are definitively the best team in the AFC. Ron, I'm here to say that I was wrong. Like, I just, I, I can't make that statement any longer with any sort of... I thought it was of... the case too, PK. I thought it was the case too. I, I, it felt that way, but when they've gone up against the best of the best in the AFC over the last two seasons, it's been proven that they are not the best. They're in that same category. Like you want to talk about them and they're in the same conversation as those other teams. Sure. But they are not head and shoulders above them any longer that the, the Bengals seem to have their number. This is a situation where they are clear. Like they want to say they're your daddy. They've earned that right to say that because you haven't beat them yet so far with Joe Burrow as their quarterback. Uh, the Bills want to talk their trash? Sure, let them do it because right now they've got the number one seat over you because you let that slip out of your grasp. I I'm shocked, Ron. I, I was worried about this game more so than I think you were going into last week. I I'm terrified of Joe Burrow and this did nothing to change my feelings on them. It's it just, it's a terrible matchup for the Chiefs. And now as you look forward to the playoffs, and you're going to have to get through at least two of most likely the Bills, the Bengals, and the Dolphins. I don't know how anybody – they could do it. They can. They're, they're talented enough. They're good enough to do it. I don't know how anybody can say with any sort of like confidence, though, right now, that they believe they will do it. Sir, I didn't, I didn't think that the Bengals would get them three games in a row. I didn't, I didn't think that was possible, that Mahomes was going to lose. Mahomes and this team and Andy and them would lose three times in a row 
with Zach Taylor, who is just along for the ride. I didn't think that would happen, and it's happened. And like what BK said, they're a bad matchup. I understand the receivers, but damn it, I don't know why. I don't know why they're a bad matchup. I don't know why the Chiefs can't get pressure on Joe Burrow when it seems everybody else can. I don't know why they can't seem to block and solve Trey Hendrickson and the rest of their defensive line. Hell, a rookie with one sack on a pivotal play on third down got a piece of Orlando Brown, who we will get to his big ass in a bit. I don't, I just don't understand why they struggle so much with the Bengals, but I didn't think they would beat Mahomes three times in a row, and they did. So I, I think that I was more worried about this Bengal match, Bengals matchup than I was the previous two, and it's because I think the Bengals – are hitting their stride right now, or they were before this game, and then proved that this past week against the Kansas City Chiefs, where Joe Burrow has done a really nice job this season uh, adapting and figuring out how to play within the offense and not living and dying with that big play, with it, which is kind of the growing pains that we saw Patrick Mahomes go through last season in some ways. But he's done a really good job with that. But also Cincinnati's defense is legitimately good and it has been good all season. So credit to their defense for giving the chiefs the problems that they did. It's just, we are so used to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to give you the biggest advantage over any team in the NFL. And that's why on a weekly basis, we grapple and struggle trying to pick against the chiefs because you're always like, well, Patrick Mahomes can do something incredible and win you the football game. But what we're seeing now is that like BK was saying there's, and like you were saying, Ryan, there's teams that are on the same playing field as the Kansas city chiefs. Now Patrick Mahomes alone isn't enough to get you over the hump against these teams. Whereas like the Tennessee Titans who are a good football team, Mahomes was enough to get you over the hump in a game where you played terrible against their backup quarterback, but their defense was good enough to give you problems. But Patrick Mahomes was able to rise above all of it and carry you to a victory in that game. You can't do that against the bills and the Bengals, and they have to figure out what the answer is to that. And similar to Mahomes struggles with Brady and the Patriots before Brady went to Tampa, the Bills and the Bengals are just the new Patriots for him now, and he's got to figure out how to get over that hump because as talented as he is, as incredible as he is, those teams are simply too good for him to be the thing that puts them over the top by himself. He needs help across the board to beat those teams because they're that good, and I, I'm still struggling to find the answers to, 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 to how they're going to do that against these teams because I'm legitimately worried about them now. Ron, last week we talked about the, the old Therese Paler mantra of the regular season loss that portends playoff failure. And we were wondering, like, hey, is what we've seen in recent weeks, this was going into the Bengals game, is this is this it? Is it the Chiefs not taking teams seriously enough? Is it them kind of sleepwalking through a game? Is that what ends up being the thing that gets them beat? I think what we saw against the Bengals is what it what that was the regular season game that if they end up losing in the playoffs, I think that's the way that it happens. It's some kind of a repeat of that game. And what happened in that game that I think is repeatable is you end up having some kind of a weird, fluky, frustrating turnover. We've seen this at times from the Chiefs in the past where they beat themselves for a possession. 
because they you lose are, focus. They'll they'll do something where they they are not a hundred percent there and lose focus. Yeah, and then you have some sort of an inability to get to the quarterback because your pass rush just isn't getting there. And then Andy Reid, God bless him. I think he's one of the five best coaches of this generation. Maybe number two behind only Bill Belichick. But he probably will make some kind of a decision where he decides to trust his defense, as he did in that game against Cincinnati, where it's fourth and medium, decides to kick a 55-yard field goal with Harrison Butker instead of trusting his all-world quarterback to be able to get the seven yards. Now, was it the right decision? I I think it wasn't. I would have trusted Patrick Mahomes. I would have called the timeout in that spot, made sure Mahomes was okay. He did hobble his ankle on the play before where he was tripped up. You got to make sure he's okay. I would have gone for it there. But that is the kind of decision. Those are the kinds of moments that we have seen in the past. Andy, just for whatever reason, asks his defense to go out there and make a play. And I don't know about you, Ron. I don't know about you, Serta. There was no reason for me to believe that the defense was going to be able to get a spot in that moment. Not against the Bengals. Not with the way that they had been playing all day long. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I would have gone for it too. I, I'm like, there is no way where I'm like, yeah, man, 55 with with the way that Harrison Buck, Buckers is is kicking the ball right now. So th- there's no way I can do that. I. I don't. I don't know, man. I, I thought they. I think. I thought it was a combination of what you just talked about. I thought they came out weird and sluggish and, and odd, and they weren't. They weren't ready in the same way that the Bengals were ready right off the bat. And I think that went into the fourteen to three hole that they put themselves in, and then they finally got right. Um, but I. I don't know, man. It, it, it. It's a weird thing. Something happens in that game against these teams. And these teams do have the most weaponry, which obviously gives them problems. But something something happens in these games. And the one thing I don't want to hear is the is the Tyreek Hill effect thing. Now, Tyreek was sitting out there for four of these ball games. He was sitting out there for four of the six of these. Right? They were sitting there struggling just like this against the Bengals in the second half. Um, and they weren't even really struggling in this second half. Like, they get the – it was a possession game, Ron. That's the thing that's so frustrating to me is they didn't even play poorly offensively necessarily. They ended up with seven possessions in the game. They scored on four of them. They scored touchdowns on three of them. If you go by percentages, that would be the best offense in the NFL yeah, they, in terms of a per drive statistic. The problem is they only had seven possessions. And that's because of the way that the Bengals play them defensively. They force you to take what's there. They make you go on these long, sustained five, seven, eight-minute drives. And then they do the same thing on the other side. It's not a time of possession thing. It's a number of possession thing. Chiefs need more of them. They end up getting less in these games against the Bengals. Listen, I, I think you got to hit it on the on the head there. The the Chiefs right now, like I, I think if you're a Chiefs fan, I understand you can have confidence. But I think you're lying to yourself if you're going to just sit here and say, like, yeah, we're the team to beat. We're the team to beat the division. You've played those two other teams six times since week five last year. You're one and five. And God honest, you should be 0-6. You should be 0-6. You got guys like Josh Allen and Joe Burrow who can come down, and I think this is what you were alluding to last week. You got guys that can come down against your defense, making that very specific, that point very specific. You got guys in Josh Allen 
and Joe Burrow who can go against your defense and do what Patrick Mahomes does to, to their defenses. They got guys that can make plays. So I, I just don't think you can say that with that level of confidence you've had before. And it's okay to be honest about that. Every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own same-game parlays that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. This week, our same-game parlay for Chiefs and Broncos will be available on Arrowhead Pride's Twitter feed later this afternoon. So make sure you check out our Twitter, where there will be a link for you to tail our same-game parlay that will be selected by the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead, Pride PG Sween. We've got those available for you each and every week. DraftKings also has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, we do this every week when the uh, when the Chiefs have the ball. And listen, they uh, they ought to dom not to give away the prediction segment, but they ought to dominate this damn game. Uh, the Denver Broncos stink. They're horrible. Uh, I thought this was going to be somewhat of a game. They've got an idiot uh, as a as for football wise. <laughs> I don't know what he is in the regular scheme of life, but in terms of head coaching in football, they've got an idiot running it. And Nathania, Nathania Hackett, and then and then the rest of their little operation sucks. So I, listen, I'm not <laughs> real fired up. It's I'm safe not, to say Nate Hackett is an idiot. Right? Yeah, Nathania. I just yeah, I listen. Terrible. I'm just gonna be honest with the guy about just football wise. I don't know. I don't know what he is in terms of political science or or <laughs> biology or uh, or English. Maybe really in the American literature. History, I'm sure. I don't know. But when it comes to head coach footballing, he is a professional idiot. And they have him uh, laced and ready to go. So when the Chiefs have the ball, like this isn't, this isn't really about something like, oh, boy, this could be the difference in the game. Because, I mean, I think the Chiefs could turn it over five times and win comfortably. But uh, I do think we need to probably touch this because the Chiefs got five games left. And so does Orlando Brown. And – I think when you think about a lot of things, he was the number one name to come out in terms of frustration. There were so many little videos made about Orlando Brown and how quickly he was given up uh, 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 pressure, including the one that led to the 55-yard field goal attempt because he couldn't keep a rookie who had one sack on the season off of his quarterback on the blind side. It seems like he needs help to just block, block regular-ass folks. So – I think Orlando Brown is probably somebody to watch in this game because the Denver pass rush, even though they lost Brad Chubb, uh, the Denver pass pass rush is still really, really good. It's so frustrating, man, because I, I tried to – Damn, BK, kinda... you should sound defeated with, with him. I mean, good Lord. <sighs> There's a reason oh. for it because, like, I kind of tried to hold off on it last year because I was like, you know what? I think he's better than people are giving him credit for. I, I don't think this has been as bad as people that are out here just trying to lay it all at the blame of. He's had a couple Brown. of glaring spots. Yeah. And I, I still believe that was true last year. It ain't true this year, man. <laughs> he's, he's getting whipped consistently. And I think what's most frustrating is like last year, I think they put him on an island a decent amount where it was like, hey, Orlando, you basically go be a top five offensive tackle. Let's see Let's what happens. Let's try to treat him like that. Yeah. yeah. 
And this year, I, I don't think they've done that as much, especially lately, where it's been more of like, hey, we'll give you a chip, whether it be with the tight end or with the running back. Hey, we're going to uh, we're going to try to move the pocket like they've done some stuff to try to make things easier on him in the passing game. And it just really hasn't mattered. I think he had a couple of good games there against the Chargers and against the Rams. But like th- those teams aren't the teams that you're competing with. When they've gone up against the quality opponents on their schedule this year, he has really struggled. And I, I think what it amounts to is just, I don't know how you can possibly have any sort of confidence that this guy is going to get better and will be the left tackle of the future that they hoped that he would be. And so you said he's got five weeks left. Let's hope that he has like nine weeks left, including the Super Bowl. But after that, I, I think that you probably franchise tag him again in the offseason and trade him somewhere. You cut your losses and you say, we, we need to find somebody else. But this week, as you put him under the microscope, it's got to start looking better, man. Down the stretch, he's got to figure out what, what he can do to make himself a better football player to help this team win games. Yeah, man, he's got like he's got to he's got to do. I, I mean, I wonder if they if they thought of making a move or or doing something. I don't know if they can. I I don't know if you can right now. With him, I think he's but, their best option right now. But in the off season, I think that's something you got to consider. But yeah, man, he's got to pick it up, man. I I mean, it it it's bad, dude. Like you had like for, for him, he's got to be able to, to like even even who Denver's going to roll out here, and Denver has a good pass rush. Like he's got to be able to pet. He's got to be able to take care of those guys by himself. It's, I'm not. It, now I'm not. Now I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say Khalil Mack and Chandler Jones and, and, and Max Crosby and some of those cats. But these guys that the Bengals are rolling out here, they're they're good guys, good good players. He's got to be able to handle those guys. I think the most frustrating part with this offensive line as a whole, and specifically Orlando Brown, is that. We've seen them play well this season. <laughs> like we've we've seen them put together competent football games. And then man, when they have lows, they're really low and they're really bad. And and it and it totally disrupts the Chiefs game plan like it did in Cincinnati. And I don't understand why we can see them get up sometimes and then sometimes they just get totally exposed like that, which you know that happens when you have inferior players, I guess. But he's supposed to be better than this. Like, he, he's supposed to be more consistent than this. This is a guy that's playing for a contract and is getting totally exposed in his contract here. Uh, it's, it's, like, it, it was, ba- it was glaring. It was glaring. Like, you thought he's going to be, be Eric, Eric Fisher, better than Eric Fisher. And, and I, I don't, I, like, I, I don't know where we are in terms of him versus Eric Fisher right now. Fisher just got signed. He might be better. <laughs> talking about the Eric Fisher that played. I, I don't know where we are right now in terms I, of that. And, it, I, and it's I think they're pretty close. similar, and, and I think that's the problem, right? That's the like, problem. It's too damn close to that. Exactly, because Orlando Brown Jr. wants to be paid like a top three offensive tackle in the NFL. You, you didn't necessarily have to do that with Eric Fisher. And so I, I think that what you see right now is Orlando Brown, given what he's going to make money-wise, he's just not worth that that kind of money. And it, he, he's a liability right now. Pro Football Focus has him for the most hurries allowed by any offensive tackle in the NFL this year. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen that stat. And if you look at the pressures, he's tied for the second most in the NFL this year among offensive tackles. Well, I, so, thought, I, I, thought him and, I thought him and Wiley were one too. I think that changed after this week, but they're both 
really high up there. I mean, Wiley's tied for seventh, so he's he's allowed 16. Uh, Orlando Brown has allowed 19 in terms of the hurries on the year. Thank you with your stats. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, the, yeah, Orlando's one thing. Can, can we be honest about something? Y'all miss y'all missing McCole Hardman yet? I miss Kadarius Tony. When's he coming back, sir? Yeah, y'all you gonna be back this week? Y'all miss uh, them boys. And he's practicing. No, seriously, is he? I, I Why don't, don't you? Because I was gonna say he's practicing. He, 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 Especially this year, I feel like the Chiefs have been really cautious with injuries, and they've been really cautious at speeding guys back and trying to get them back on the field. Knowing the Chiefs' rest of season schedule, I don't think there's any need for them to hurry him back. And so I think they play it cautious, kind of like they did with Joe Tooney last week, where we saw him practice all week and then he just didn't play. And Andy Reid well, was like, "They could have used him." Well, we Andy Reid was like, "Well, we ramped it up a little bit, but we just decided he wasn't quite ready, so we let him sit another week." And that's kind of been their approach all season long to try to keep these guys healthy. So. And if there's anybody you want to go cautious with, it's Kadarius Tony, who has yeah, like yeah, the that. worst injury history in the NFL over the last two and, seasons, and the injury that it is the hamstring. He, he needs that to be. You need him to be. Can't mess around with that with him because he is he's in, he is very vital and very important. Like yeah. those two guys, like I know we joke and, and stuff around, but those two cats and hopefully McCole Hardman is back next week. They said he's put back on weight. Thank God for that. Um, but those two, their their explosiveness and what they do to the defense and their ability to get separation and what coverage they potentially draw away from people and. I mean, I, I trust both of them, and I know McCullough's had drops issues. But, like, you know, you, you, you get the feel you trust them a little bit more than you trust MVS. Like, you you feel like MVS, man, you, one out of three, you think, he may come down with. But they need they need those threats out there. They need those threats in a major way. And it looks – I'm hope I hope – I hope Kadarius Tony is well enough to play on Sunday because I, I would love to – I would love to see him because let's just be honest. I mean, I think we know a little bit what we got with McCole Harbin. He's been here a while. I mean, Kadarius Tony has really, really been one week in which we really got to see him a lot. So you, I mean, you want him to get revved up a little bit to have some sort of, some sort of uh, chemistry leading into the playoffs because I do think he is going to be a, a key part to this team. Yeah, I think the biggest area where you need those guys is is in the red zone. And I know last week you ended up going three out of four once you got there, but it it just felt hard, man. It, it felt like it was really hard work for the Chiefs once they got there. The week before they were the one that was the one for six game in the red zone against the Rams. So since Kadarius Tony and McCole Hardman, both of them have been out over the last two weeks, they're four for ten in the red zone. That's just not gonna get it done. And that's where a lot of that creativity comes in. The jet sweeps, the uh, quick screens, you, you throw it out to them. You hope that they end up making a man miss and then they're able to get into the end zone. They just don't trust anybody else to run that stuff. And I don't know totally why. Like, I think Juju could be a guy that he's not super um, fast or anything, but he's physical. Throw him out some of those screenplays that you've been given to McCall Hardman or Kadarius Tony run sky more on some of that jet sweep stuff. I think they have players that can do it, but for whatever reason, they haven't really gone into that bag. And until those guys get back, we have no reason to believe that they will. So yeah, whether it be this week or, you know, as we get closer to the playoffs, which would be my guess, hopefully we get one. I would hope two of them back by the end of the season. And then you're able to get some of that stuff back into the, the red zone offense. Cause they're missing it badly right now. Yeah, that, listen, Denver's defense is pretty good, but 
the Chiefs, we should we should hope to continue to see a, a good offensive performance against this team. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. But when the Broncos, uh, when they have the ball, listen, I mean, they've got, I mean, they, 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 they're going to be running out of team offensively very similar to what the, the uh, L.A. Rams did uh, a, a couple weeks back. And, sir, listen, I, I ain't got much. Uh, I mean, what I will say is this should be a dominant performance by the Chiefs defense. This should be – like if the Chiefs are going to be where – like the guys – this should be a dominant performance by them, and they should – I mean, this, this team scores 21, 24 points. And I, that, that's alarming to me. I mean, well, I don't think they will because each and every week with this Denver Broncos team, I'm like in the NFL, like occasionally you stumble into a reasonably solid offensive performance where, you know, you just, you, you, you get a couple of breaks, maybe a turnover return for a touchdown or something like that. And, you know, you break a couple of long touchdowns and you find a way to put up 28 points, not this Denver Broncos team. Not, not Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. It's it's nine points, 12 points, 13 points every single week. They do not score. They cannot move the ball. They do not have playmakers. They are just not a good football team. And yes, the Chiefs defense should absolutely dominate that, that offensive line. Yes, absolutely. they should be able to force some turnovers. But... I don't think that I'm confident at all that they are going to. This has all the makings of uh, we know we're way better than this team. We can totally just slop our way through it and still win this football game and be totally disinterested in the Denver Broncos. And that's how I feel like this game is going to go on Sunday. If the Broncos scored 19 points exactly every week during regulation so far this season, they would be 10 and two right now. Instead, they are three and nine. Again, that is 19 points. That is not a hard place to get to. That's That would rank them among the worst offenses in the NFL if that's what they averaged on the season. Instead, they're somehow even worse than that. Ron, if the Chiefs get to 20 offensively, I, I genuinely do not see a way that the Broncos can get there. I mean, they they right now, like the way that they're rolling out there with their wide receivers, I, I don't really think they're going to have... Uh, Cortland Sutton he has not participated in practice as we are recording this 
Greg Dolchich last week was their number one wide receiver. Jerry Judy is limited right now on an ankle injury. Latavius Murray is their one and only real running back. They threw passes to Kendall Hinton, Mike Boone, and Marlon Mack last week. Like This offense is bad. And if the Chiefs defense struggles across the middle of the field this week the way that they did over the last couple of weeks, Oh, buddy, we are going to be having a whole different conversation. But I, again, I would be really shocked if that happens. I, I, I will say, I'll say this: when the when when the Broncos have the ball, that what this that what this segment is. When <laughs> yes. the Broncos have the ball, I don't I don't want to see Justin Reed this week. <laughs> like at I, all? I, I no, I don't <laughs> want to see. Well, you don't even right. want to go to Denver. Ron, he I didn't even want, allow a catch last week. I don't know I if don't, you saw that stat. I don't want him on the trip. I don't even want to make the trip. I just think he should. Last year, when Justin Reed played against played for the Houston Texans, he was forced and suspended against the New York Jets. I I I would I would like that to be reciprocated right now this week. I can't look at him. I cannot look at number twenty. I cannot. I am over him. That display that he put on from the start of last week. When he was kiki and talking all that big trash, I mean, feeling good. Oh, I don't know. I don't know 88's name. I don't know his name. I don't, we'll lock them all down. And they sat there and punked your ass up and down that field. They would go and make catches on other people and walk over to you. They went ahead and got a 15-yard penalty, and nobody on the sideline said a thing to Jamar Chase because they looked at you like the sucker you were and said you deserved it. And then after the game, you came and apologized. Apologized. Are you kidding me? Don't start being humble now. Don't start being Stanford Justin Reed now. No, keep being whoever the hell that was you was. Like, you got beat, that's fine. I don't want to see him. I, I don't want to see him. First first off, he went rogue on things that the Chiefs do. Like, they, they, they're coming out to the media talking about, we're going to lock some folks up. And then when Jamar Chase and T. Higgins got involved in it, you should shut your ass up because you can't do nothing against them. But no, you felt froggy and you start talking again, and now they shut you up every week. I don't even want to see him. I don't want to see him. I don't even want to see him come out and start making plays against the Kendall Hintons of the world and the Gary Boons of the world and 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 and, and the Mark Says of the world, whoever else Denver's rolling out there. I don't I don't want to see him make plays against those guys and then get up him talking stuff. Let's be honest with you. He's been horrible this year. All right, and like in terms of what you did, what you're getting, don't tell me right now if you don't miss Tyron Matthew right now compared to him. This defense with him, he's he. Oh, you can all you want to. I, I compare what, what he's been bringing to the table. That slop he's been bringing to the table. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather have Tyron Matthew than what he's brought to the table. He stunk. I, don't I even think want to see him anymore. I think what is so frustrating with Justin I'm Reed is out. like. He just hasn't really shown up. And, and when you do see him, it, over the last few weeks, it's been the missed tackles. And that was like the one thing that early on in the season you could really rely on him for was he was just any time that he was involved in a tackle, he brought the guy to the ground. And I'll be honest, that was super refreshing to watch because last year with your guy, Tyron yeah, Matthews. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might I, make a play. I didn't. I didn't feel that way. I didn't yeah, feel. Didn't. Like, I, I felt like there were some business decisions that were made, and he didn't bring the guy to the ground particularly often. So when Justin Reed was doing that, I was like, "All right, this is nice. You have a guy that you can trust to just make the tackles when it's necessary." 
Well, last week that didn't happen. Yeah, at, last week he was out there looking like an empty folding chair that people just pushed out of the way and ran over his ass. Samaj AP Ryan, uh, it, it made him have a pretty tough day, but it wasn't just him. A- have you guys seen Juan Thornhill? Like, is he out there playing football? I, I was. I will be totally honest with our listeners, sir. I think we were both on the same same page here. I fell hook, line, and sinker for the preseason hype of Juan Thornhill, like having a career year. He said he's going to be an All Pro. I, I I haven't seen that from him. Willie Gay again. I I fell for the hype. He did not have a good game this week. A guy that I think has had for the most part a really good season this year is Nick Bolton. He had a, an atrocious game against the Bengals last week. So. That middle of the defense, if there's one area of the Chiefs' defense that has to improve moving forward, they got to get more pressure on the quarterback. That's a given. But that's been okay most of the season. That middle of the defense has to start getting better. It's I, I do think that we just – yeah, we need to start acknowledging that we were just wrong about some of the players on this defense. And, well, including Justin Reed, and who I, I think, think should be I think he should be forced to wear Russell Athletic shoes the rest of the way until he <laughs> earns the ability to wear Nike's or Adidas back. He should be forced to wear what they made those Georgia Tech kids wear for years. He should be forced to wear Russell Athletic shoes. He's got to like it's, he's got to use the permanent marker to put yes. the Nike swoosh into him. No, he doesn't even get to. They don't give him marker. He's just wearing R's on the side <laughs> of his name, and it's not for Reed. It's for Russell Athletic. It's Juan Thornhill. I, I did fall for him a little bit, and he's been disappointing. But like, really, I mean, based on what we've seen from him the last couple of years, like we shouldn't be so heartbroken about that. But Justin Reed, I am heartbroken about because like he had shown ability to be a playmaker during his time in Houston, even with everything that was going on there and all, and just what a dysfunctional organization it was from top to bottom during his time there and all the different coaches he had to deal with and whatever. But I thought that we were going to get the best out of him during this, his time here in Kansas city. And it has not translated at all. They have not gotten much for their money in in signing Justin Reed on the on the open market and bringing him in to be an anchor in that secondary. And we talk about how important that safety position is in Spag's defense. Your safeties right now are a problem, and your rookie cornerbacks are the best part of your secondary. Like that's that's an issue. It's great that you're getting this incredible play out of Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson's coming in and Trent McDuffie looks like he could be an elite playmaker for your defense, but Justin Reed's supposed to be the anchor. He's supposed to be the guy that you can rely on. That's why he's getting paid a lot of money. He's supposed to be the veteran presence. And the most notable thing he's done this season is talk trash on the Bengals and then not back it up. Like that's the most notable thing that no, he's no, done. No, 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 I'm sorry. Not fans. just not just not back it up. He did not just back it up. He talked trash and then got on his hands and knees and apologized to him, which is why he should be forced to wear non-tie sketchers the rest of the way. <laughs> non-tie Velcro Velcro sketchers. And if he goes to look to somebody for tape, they got to look the other way and say, you wear those until you earn to be able to wear Nikes or Adidas. You got to be ashamed of himself. You got to be kidding me. Came out there and talked all that and then apologized to them. You should have you continued to forget Hayden Hurst's name. God, man. Justin Reed, that done me. I'm telling you, I, am not, I have not been this disappointed in a Chiefs 
player for non for non you know break of the law situations. I've never this disappointed in a Chiefs player for not for not going to jail. I've never been that disappointed until until this. This I mean, he really sent me. I'm not kidding you. I was driving Sam Houston Tollway and almost had to pull over in anger, in pure anger, when I heard when I heard him come back and let us know. You know, I want to apologize to Hayden Hurst. Um, I, I, I disrespected him. Oh, oh, really? As you were getting here, trounced and ran over. Well, I can't stand that. What needed? Put on some Skechers. He ought to wear a Skecher on the right foot, and and and. And a Russell Athletic on the left. That's what he should be allowed to wear. He shouldn't even get two Skechers. Bastard. Sorry. BK's muted. He doesn't even know it. I just been muted for quite some time or something. <laughs> oh man. I don't why we gotta do Russell Athletic like that. And why that, that just felt unnecessary there at the end. Yeah, it felt very necessary. felt very fitting feel, to what he gave us. I feel like very, they're providing quality athletic wear to somebody. They are not. Oh, do you? You gonna <laughs> hey? You gonna play some kind of a sporting event? You gonna go get some Russell Athletics? No, you're not. If they sponsor us, I'd be happy to. I ain't wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> not a chance in hell. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. The game that's sweeping the nation, certified or imposter. This, this one's real, fellas. Let me think about it hard, because Orlando Brown is getting a lot of a lot of the issues. But I, I've seen you ran through a lot of numbers, and I've seen publications, including Pro Football Focus, that had uh, on the season those two. They're to the Chiefs' two tackles, the Chiefs' two starting tackles, one two in terms of most pressures given up. Uh, I've heard that, and and they struggle. That like to me. The glaring thing. I know. I know the. I know the. The Travis Kelsey fumble was big, right? Kind of changed the game. But, but throughout, to me, one of the things that seemed to halt the offense that maybe stopped them from being able to make big plays is they could not hold the Bengals' pass rush down, and they continued to struggle up and down the offensive line. And my my certified or imposter is: is this offensive line as a whole good enough? to win a championship is this offensive line certified or imposter when it comes to winning a championship not just Orlando, but everybody if it's just to win a chance if it's are they good enough to win a championship then i think they're certified because i still think this offensive line is better than the offensive line that they had to roll into that super bowl against the bucks with like the interior of this offensive line is still really good. Trey Smith, who was banged up early in the season, is starting to play like he played last year and looking like he can be a dominant interior offensive lineman. We know Joe Tooney is really solid and Creed is fantastic. So the interior of the offensive line is solid. It's just these tackle situations. And if you can just find a way to get a healthy balance from Orlando Brown, just don't be awful. Be like middle of the pack, be okay, be average, don't be a liability. Then all of a sudden you're like, okay, this offensive line's a little bit more reliable. Andrew Wiley's the only liability that we have on the offensive line. And maybe Lucas Niang gives you something at some point this season. We'll see. But if it's, are they good enough to win a Super Bowl the way they're currently constructed? Yeah, I still think they are because I don't think they're as bad as that offensive line that we saw lose a Super Bowl. 
that's where I'm at. Can they win a Super Bowl with this offensive line? Sure, but it won't be because of them. It will be because of Patrick Mahomes and the weapons that they've assembled and the defense getting back on track. But is it certified or imposter? Like this offensive line will be a reason, a a significant contributing factor to them winning a Super Bowl? Yeah, they're an imposter for that. And that was supposed to be what they were. When you're paying this kind of money for these guys, when you've spent these sorts of resources on the offensive line where you're spending, what is it, like three or four top 100 picks over the last few years on offensive linemen, and then the ones that you don't, you're trading out for Orlando Brown Jr., you're signing the biggest guard contract in the NFL I mean, it's supposed to look better than this. It is. And right now it doesn't look good enough. So from that perspective, I would say they're imposters. But can you win a Super Bowl? Yeah, because Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback and Andy Reid's your coach. So any team that has that combination can theoretically win a Super Bowl. They better pick it up, man. They better pick it up because we've watched them in two games and they're they're very, very fortunate of the news of Von Miller going down for Buffalo if he's not if he's not a, if they run into him. But they played two games against those two teams. And Patrick Mahomes was not good enough to drag them through. And if we could look at plays at the end of those games, plays that stick out and why the Chiefs offensive drives got stalled is because Von Miller gave them hell and gave them problems and there was pressure. Trey Hendrickson and and some of the guys from the Bengals gave them problems. I want I don't want to say imposter when it comes to winning a Super Bowl because because they've got Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. But fellas, like am I off on this? Like Andy and Eric on it are going to have to at some point. Can I, I'll say this? I think they're imposters for them to win the Super Bowl right now. If, if Andy and Eric are going to continue to just run offense like they normally do and just leave Wiley and leave uh, Orlando Brown on islands because they want to get a certain amount of guys in routes, they're going to have to adjust to forcing having help with these guys and not maybe run as many guys out on patterns that they want to do like they had in the past because they got to help these guys. They gotta help them and and just hope that some of these other these guys can win in these three routes. And I and I understand how different that makes their offense and what they wanted to do. But Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and, and Matt Nagy and whoever else is part of that offensive staff, they're going to have to swallow some pride and change up some things. They can't just keep leaving Wiley and Orlando Brown on island. I mean, they're showing it's not just the absolute top-tier elite pass rushers that get them. It's even levels below that and levels below that. So I don't want to just dismiss it because I think they have a coach and a quarterback that can figure it out, but they got to start stop putting ego at the door and, and maybe think about making some adjustments in pass, in pass routes. I think some of this gets fixed with Joe Tooney returning. I think that helps if and when he gets back into the lineup. But Which they should general, take their time with. Sure, yeah, especially given what the schedule looks like here over the next few weeks. But in general, the unit just hasn't been good enough. And especially like short yardage situations, that's another thing where you would expect them to be better than they are. Trey Smith early on this season was dealing with that injury that I it, it seems like he's kind of overcome now and he's been a little better. But it's just... 
from start to finish been a surprisingly down year for that unit when we thought it was going to be the unit that maybe took the biggest step forward because now they've had a year to work together. All right, predictions as they face the Denver Broncos, um, which people thought this game was supposed to be a snack game. Luckily for you, sir, they have uh, flexed this sucker out of there. You'd have been up all night uh, with your illness. Um, I, I'll jump it off. Listen, I I think Denver's – I respect Denver's defense, so I don't think that the Chiefs are just going to just go off. Um, but I don't respect that offense at all. This feels like a 20 <laughs> – 24 to 9 ball game. 20 I go 24-9 Chiefs win. Yeah. That's I I'm in the same ballpark. I think it's like 27 to 13 and it's just like ugly and not fun to watch at all. We're all in the exact same ballpark. I've got it 23 to 13. I mean, I I think it goes under. I think it's right around the spread right now from what I've seen is like nine and a half is what I've got it at. I think it goes under. I think the Chiefs cover but it's close to that it's like a 10 point margin in favor of the chiefs they win you don't feel good about it and we come on next week and say okay glad that's over now let's get to the texans who they should just kick the crap out of well that'll be fun next week they're coming to where i am i'll get to watch them with my own eyes and by the way i got about 20 people coming into town <laughs> uh, for that one so it'll be a, a good time so we'll, we'll watch them uh, these next few weeks man really the rest of the way, they're just not going to play teams that should be on their level. So uh, these these will be uh, interesting games to get through, and maybe they get the number one seed uh, with this schedule they have left. But they ought to destroy the Broncos coming up on Sunday. We are out. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.